you know, normally at the beginning of the service we do, um, we do announcements, but um, uh, this is probably uh, a little more than an announcement. It's going to be, it's a fairly important uh, thing that we just want to um, help everybody get on the same page here. So, uh, you know, there's been quite a bit of um, changes in how churches are functioning the last week over the coronavirus. And so uh, elders met together yesterday. And so we just wanted to give everybody kind of a clear statement. So this is probably the friendliest, most hugging church you'll, you'll find in town. And I like it that way. But out of... Um, the concerns that have been raised in people's, you know, the recommendations that are made and just deference to others. Uh, let's, we're going to do the elbow bump for a little while or whatever works, right? Um, and, and so uh, please just understand, uh, we're not taking that position because, uh, you know, like, if I don't hug you, it's not because I'm afraid you're going to infect me, okay? I, I'm not concerned about that. It's out of love and respect for other people. Um, some people in the room might be really uncomfortable. They might be bothered by that. And, and if I just run up and give them a big hug and I've just freaked them out, I'm not being loving towards them. So right now there's a lot of fear and concerns running around. So just out of deference, we're just going to kind of limit our, um, you know, physical contact. And uh, obviously we're not going to maintain the six-foot space rule here, but we're going to do the best we can. Um, we just want to follow reasonable precautions. Um, and we just want to encourage people, like what they're recommending to everybody else. If you're sick, stay at home, but don't stay at home alone. Let us know, because if, if any among us are sick, we as a church body want to be praying for you. We care about you, and we want to know. We don't want somebody uh, being alone and sick. And if you're in a high-risk category and you're afraid of exposure uh, and you need to stay away, uh, we absolutely support and respect that, and there's no judgment. You know, nobody's going to be looking down their nose and, and saying that. There's grace here. So we just got to do what we got to do to get through this season. Um, today, a, a lot of corporate church services were canceled today, and probably a lot more will be in the, in the next week or two. And uh, Radiant canceled theirs, this building that we're using, but they were gracious to let us meet here tonight. Uh, but here's the deal. We don't know what... Uh, the next uh, few weeks are going to have. In, in some cities, they've already lowered the threshold from 250 to now 50. They don't want any public gatherings over 50. And so that could come into play here in the next few weeks. Uh, and a lot of churches are just streaming things online and say, just watch it. Well, here's the thing. That's, that's great, and I applaud them for that effort, but we place a high value on being together. Do not forsake the gathering together of the brothers and sisters, okay? So we want to gather together, and the Lord has done a really good job of setting us up well, because uh, we meet in house churches that are always under 50, so it's quite likely that those will still be allowed, and we don't have a problem with that. So for the next two weeks, we're going to be meeting in house churches, okay? Next week will be the normal one. Fifth Sunday, we're going to be meeting in house churches, and then between now and then, if things change, we will announce and we'll get the word out to everybody. But for right now, we're, we're going to continue meeting in our house churches, and that is, um, you know, just God's provision for us. The other thing that is happening right now is um, uh, we have embarked on a 
church-wide Bible reading plan. And we're just we're setting uh, just as a reasonable, attainable bar, one chapter a day. And we ran out of Bible reading plans, and Corin ran out, and she's printing some right now, and they'll be here. We'll put them up front. So before you leave tonight, get it, because tomorrow we're on 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we just got a chapter a day. And here's the deal. Even if we're scattered and we aren't allowed to gather in a bigger group like this, if we're all reading the same chapter, we're all getting the same word from the same Lord, and there's a sense of unity among our church family no matter how dispersed we are. So tomorrow morning we can get up and we can all hear the same message from our Lord, and we can all be on the same page. And that's a beautiful thing that's happening. So I would encourage you... Um, Follow the Bible reading plan. You know, if you fall behind, catch up or just pick up where, where you left off. But stay with us so that we're all on the same page, uh, hearing the same message from the Lord. Now, let me speak a little bit more directly to the situation. Uh, people are freaking out and behaving irrationally. Um, and, and that's just true. The hoarding and some of that stuff that's going on is just kind of irrational. And that should not be our response. You know, the Bible has many places where it says, uh, you know, you're cursed if you put your trust in like a horse or a chariot or things like that. Well, if you put your trust in a pile of canned food and a closet full of toilet paper, you know, you've got your trust in the wrong place because that ain't going to save you on the day of judgment, okay? And, and so we ultimately have to have our trust in the Lord. What is the most often repeated command in the Bible? Fear not. That's right. Over and over and over again, the Bible tells us, fear not. Why? Because God knows us, and we're prone to being afraid, right? We freak out in situations. So the Bible tells us over and over, fear not. Now, if you are struggling with fear, we want to be compassionate and gracious and pray with you, okay? So tonight, we're going to be praying together. And if, if fear has gripped you, if you've kind of been affected by what's going on in our culture, we want to pray for you because we want all of us to be a people of faith who's got our eyes on Jesus and are not being driven by the fear and, and the hysteria that's going on in our world. As Christians, we're called to live contrary to our culture. Our lives should be different enough that people scratch their head and wonder what's up. First Peter says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. There's a great opportunity for us to put this verse into practice. If people around us, people in our workplaces and in our neighborhoods are freaking out and we're displaying a, a sense of calm and an assurance, that might want, make them wonder, like, how come you're not freaking out? You know, well, let me tell you about who I have my trust in. Jesus Christ is with me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never leave me and forsake me. It's going to be okay. Would you like to hear about it? You know, so that's our opportunity. This is a great opportunity for us. So we want to demonstrate a different heart and a different mindset than the world is demonstrating and, um, and, and would speak gospel truth into it. But we also want to demonstrate the love of Jesus, which we're going to hear about tonight, in practical ways. So here's a couple suggestions I want to throw out because there's some new mission opportunities for us in this. There are probably some single parents 
who are really struggling to figure out what to do with their children now that schools are closed. And maybe some of us could pitch in and help out and, and, and watch some kids and take care of them. There are probably some elderly people or people with health uh, concerns in our neighborhoods or in our workplaces that may not be able to go out and do shopping or might be restricted, and we could jump in and help. Um, these are things that we can do through our house churches. So we want you to kind of communicate. If you see a need and an opportunity, communicate with the people in your house church, and let's work together as teams to meet some practical needs because that is a very real way we could show the love of Jesus um, to people and then speak gospel truth into the situations that are going on. Another thing that I just thought of today was... Um, all visitation at all prisons has been closed down now indefinitely. So a lot of people are not getting any visits. So if you have contacts in there, uh, write a letter. You know, that, that's going to mean a whole lot when, when somebody can't get a visit. So those are just practical things, and you guys will have way more ideas than I did. But I'm just throwing those out there as suggestions. Talk with the other people in your house church, and let's see how we can actually be an effective representation of Jesus to show the love of him and to speak the gospel in action and in words to people who need to hear it. Now, we frequently emphasize, okay, our Bible reading plans are here, so make sure you get one before you leave. And I think on the back it's got some, like, the practical guidelines for um, how we conduct ourselves in this uh, time of uh, concern. We like to quote, the Great Commission, over and over again. Jesus, in his parting words in Matthew 28, said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This has not been suspended, okay? It doesn't matter what kind of restrictions legally are put on. The, the call for us to speak the gospel and, and to make disciples never stops. It hasn't stopped for 2,000 years, and we aren't stopping now. Now, how we do that may change. We may not be able to do it in a large gathering like this for a while. That's okay. We're going to keep preaching the gospel. We're going to keep making disciples. We're going to be about the business. Um, times of crisis actually are a great opportunity for gospel witness. And in, in the early uh, days of the church, when Rome was being ravaged by the plague, Secular historians made note. People with money were running from the cities and fleeing for the hills, and Christians were coming in and caring for those that were sick and dying with the plague. And they were scratching their head and going, these people are just weird, okay? <laughs> and, and so this is a time for us to operate counter to the grain of the culture and display the character and the nature of Christ amidst a very non-Christ-like response to this pandemic. So we want to be those kind of people. So our call to worship tonight, I'm taken from Exodus 33. Uh, Moses, when he was getting ready to lead the people into the promised land, was facing a very daunting challenge, and he has a nice little two-way conversation with God. And if you'd stand with me, I'm going to read Exodus 33, and I wanted to just set the tone for our prayer here. Now, if I have indeed found favor with you, please teach me your ways, and I will know you, so that I might find favor with you. Now consider that this nation is your people. And God replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And then Moses says, if your presence does not go, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? 
I and your people will be distinguished by this from all other people on the face of the earth. The Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked, for you have found favor with me, and I know you by name. We are the people of God. He knows us by name. We have found favor with him because he has set his love upon us and called us and rescued us out of darkness and placed us in his kingdom of light. That's who we are. His presence is with us. So what Moses was able to put his confidence in, we put our confidence in today. He is with us. When he sent the disciples out with the Great Commission, he says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. That never changes. It doesn't matter what is going on out in the world. Jesus Christ is with us. He's with us here, and he's with us as we go to our various places. So we are thankful for that, and we're going to open with prayers thanking him. Thank you, Jesus, for your promise that you are with us and that you will be with us always until you return. So we thank you for that, and we pray that that truth would drown out every other message, everything of fear and uncertainty, every uh, desire to kind of freak out or panic or uh, even just think selfishly. May the fact that you are with us, that you love us and you will never leave us and forsake us, may that drown out every other voice. And may we be a people whose hearts are conformed to that truth, that stand rock solid, unmovable in the absolute bottom line truth, that Jesus, you have taken us and we're in your hand and nobody can take us from your hand, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We are yours for all eternity and you are ours for all eternity and we thank you for that truth and we want to live into that truth. So thank you, Jesus, and may we lift up a song of praise that's appropriate for that. God, may we lift up voices and hands and just say, Jesus, you are our everything. You are everything. You are what we need. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.